Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're thrilled to have Kimberly Bell as our special guest. Kimberly is a native of Salisbury, Maryland. She holds two degrees, one in human growth and development, which is in the field of psychology, and the other in theology. She has served on the ministerial staff at St. James AME Zion Church and completed four years of conference studies. She's a passionate speaker, minister, and author of The Epitome of Kimmy, Accept and Embrace It All. Through her work, she uses her personal life struggles to inspire others to never give up hope, and she provides insight into the realities that lay hidden beneath the surface of our society. She's also an advocate for mental health awareness. She covers topics like physical, mental, emotional, and sexual abuse, as well as childhood abandonment, PTSD, and healing from trauma. Kimberly, we always like to start our podcast by asking, what do you do when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? What do I do? Um, I normally each day um, invest in me. I get up and um, have a mindful and a um, quiet, whether it's 5, 10, 30 minutes um, with um, myself and my spiritual being, which is God, and um, try to make sure that um, this is for me um, and my daily life, whatever choices that I have to make, they're the best choices for me. whatever situation or circumstances arises during that day that I can, um, um, go through them, um, just as, uh, effectively and, um, passionately, but being able to, um, do it as a purpose for the world and, um, to be affected by it. Um, my dad would say, um, many a times in a, the um, the field that I work, I work in the public sector. Um, he would always say, you know, be mindful that people will forget your name, people will forget your degrees, people will even forget your title, but they will never forget how you made them feel. So I always keep that in mind. So I push myself every day. I I love <laughs> that quote about Kimberly. People will always remember how you made them feel. Yes. Because that's so, and it just takes a second. It could be someone you met in line at the grocery store. Yes. And you just said one thing to them and yes. it will stick. And it is that 
powerful and the plane you we always hear these stories of I spilled my heart out to this person that I don't know on the plane right and they've said things to you that you wow I don't know your name I'll never see you again yeah you impacted me yeah um Kimberly tell me probably because I'm so I because I can't figure out how to get it done Kimberly so I want your help <laughs> How do you, like, I'm always impressed with people who are like, I start my day by like some meditation and taking some time and really focusing and having kind of you know, your mantra and what you're going to do for the day. For those maybe like me and Cal and quite a few people who um, I know who just kind of get up and you're like, I got to get this stuff done. How did you get it to your point, get to yourself to the point where you're like, nope, I take this time myself. Like, how did you create that habit? I think Carrie, I would was, personally just love I, to know. <laughs> I know, Carrie, it was a process. Trust me, believe me. So I will tell you, I went through a lot of things that didn't work. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> to this place. And um, most of it helped me with the book was the anxiety, the um, worrying, the being stressed, um, uh overcompensating for my kids, waking up in the morning and it was all about them, you know, um, and don't get me wrong. It's, I, I have a minor, I have a six-year-old and it's still about her. But at yeah. first, um, like I said, I had to go through, this was a process mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I had to continue to be mindful what, um, affected me negatively and where I had to make a choice of this is not how I'm getting the best results of Kim, mm. not um, the wife, Kim, the Kim, the, the human mm. being that God created that is um, not perfect. But these these um, repeated pe- repeated patterns or behavior and um, even built support system is this is not working. It's just not working. So um, I had to do a lot of um, investing in me and um, praying and understanding, um, accepting um, my, especially with the way the um, the book is titled, The Epitome, The Essence of Me. We yeah. all have personality traits. We all have characteristics. We all have different backgrounds, like we talked previously about. We all have a story. And sometimes we, um, we have to, you know, reach deep inside ourselves and invest in ourselves and understand, you know, how we are, as far as our personality was this, um, you know, um, because of, um, the way, you know, we were born as far as, um, the calm child, the peaceful child, the dramatic child, (laughs) the passionate (laughs) one, uh, you know, um, so, I have always had a loving spirit. I had always, and but I never took the time to invest in me and to understand mm. who Kim was mm. and who Kim is, you know. And trust me, I, even with doing that, I also wanted to know where these flaws came from, where these um, repeated negative behavior came from, where this um, uh, um, abandonment and, um, uh, for is the fight for justice, flight and run come from. And that's where the book started coming out of me of um, accepting my foundation. My foundation was shaken and broken. And I had to take the time to invest in me to rebuild, 
to, mm. to, to transform better, a better quality of life. But I had to choose that. And so with choosing that, I have to work on daily, choosing that decision to go ahead and make me the priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that choosing it, choosing, like you said, that you, we might not all have the best foundation. And there's a lot of us that, that struggle with not having the best foundation when we grow up. Yes. And so that choosing, that daily choice, and I love what you said on what's the, how is it going to be the best, how, the best Kimberly today? What's the best results? Like what, how do I kind of get there? And it's not about anyone else. It's about mm-hmm. me and what I'm kind of bringing every day. And like you said, it's a, it's a choice. You got to dig deep, look at it and then make the choice to do that in yes. during the day. Yes. And so that's so impressive. Thank you. And I appreciate that you said it's a process because sometimes <laughs> I'm like, like today for me didn't start off as the best. I might've been yelling at my dog a little too much because yeah. she refused to come out from under the bed um, to go to doggy daycare. And I was like, you need to get out of that bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. I wasn't bringing my best, Kimberly. Right. And but, you know, I do have some days, sometimes I'm off track, but yeah. I'm mindful that just because I'm off track don't mean I can't get back on it. <laughs> right. Doesn't mean, right. Doesn't mean you can't make up for it. Doesn't right. mean that days away. Exactly. It just means you got to readjust mm-hmm. and use some humor. Like you just laughed and you know, like you just got to get back on track. So uh, Kimberly, what was the decision you made or was made for you that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are some of those charge qualities that you use to help you work through that? Well, I would probably use um, finally getting the courage um, okay. to um, accept my, my, my journey, my story mm. from the beginning um, and then embracing everything else. Mm. How, what, so, cause we, I mentioned not a lot of us have the strongest foundation mm-hmm. and some of us, uses an excuse maybe to not be our most wonderful selves throughout right. the rest of our lives. And some of us use it and become even stronger and more inspirational. And it sounds like that's, that's the path you chose is I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to transform. I'm going to, I'm going to be, um, help others. Mm-hmm. What, how, how was that process in that journey for you? Like, how can, how did that courage come up for you and how did you were able to use it? It was very hard because um, the foundation, um, it took me to gain the courage, um, in my later years of life. And that, uh, capitalized on my memoir, my first book of putting it all on paper for the whole Mm -hmm. world, my truth, Mm -hmm. what I had to deal, deal with and, um, freed me and, Mm -hmm not only freed me, but I wanted it to free others. Mm. Yeah. So how, oh, go, ahead, sorry. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was so excited. Cause I'm like, how did you get the, the courage to place? Cause we were just talking to someone the other day too, about that courage to put it out there and put it on paper and mm-hmm. let people know who you are. How long did that take? Was it always kind of a, like, did you immediately go, eventually I'm going to do it? Or was it in your head, Kimberly, you're like, 
you got to be crazy that I'm going to like tell everyone this story. Right. Um, I, well, I, had, I had bits and pieces of um, my journey that throughout my, throughout my life, even in, and um, the career that I chose in different jobs were able to, um, you know, share bits and pieces when it was appropriate about, mm-hmm. you know, staying in school or you now you don't want to do that. You don't want to quit school because I, I can talk about this personally yeah. and you're going to have to go back, you know. And um, and, um, you know, so when things were appropriate, like I could, you know, it was always in my mind, different pieces of my journey to inspire. Mm-hmm. And I would share, you know, immediately I was raised with my adopted father that tried to build um, that foundation with me that was broken, that tell the truth. Kimmy, mm-hmm. if you don't have anything else to give the world, you give your truth. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, have to hide your truth. You don't have to hide your smile, but um, don't be scared to tell your truth. Now, on the flip side, I was having um, his wife, which is my adopted mother, which is... Um, when they adopted me, she is her, she's, um, it was kinship. Um, finally, that was the name that they called it because she was my, um, biological father, sister. She was the oldest Mm. of them. So she really, she was my paternal aunt. But at that time, you know, I was, wasn't explained anything. And she was in that they were both in the era, even though the flip side, he was telling me to bear the truth. Mm -hmm. In their era and that generation back then, because they were a lot older, is what was stayed in the home. What mm-hmm. was I'm sorry, what was done in the home stayed in the home, no matter yeah. what it was, yes. good or bad. You do not go out in public and talk about what is going on in the home unless they did. Now they did a lot with the the um, pastor, and that was their era and the generation. Whatever you know um, needed to be addressed they would go straight to the pastor and have a meeting. The pastor would come to the house. I remember having a meeting with um, um, the pastor when I first got my, when I first got pregnant with my child, um, my first child at 15. And and that was very um, mentally an anguish for me, but I dealt with it. I mean, mm-hmm. this was like, you know, I, I'm going to be an alcoholic. And he, he um, was very compassionate. And, um, he ended up being, um, the, uh, pastor at the time that I did my trial sermon under, he ended up being, um, someone that I called my papa, but it was still a mental, um, anguish for a, a young 15 year old for that first experience to have to, um, sit down now finally with, um, your, you know, your parents and say, you know, I'm going to have a baby. (laughs) this is is bad. (laughs) You know, this is bad. So getting to what we were just talking about, um, I had, um, that flip side, she, um, would say to me, she would encourage and say with that, um, what's going on in the home stays in home, she would say, and Mm. it would be, um, a repeated, uh, statement. Um, now when we are out in public, because I was still in my hometown, when I was dropped off and given to them and made to stay with them without any talk of this is where you're going to stay. I was told that my, my dad was going to come back and he never did. So I, I was never reunited with my biological mother and my siblings. 
and I was never reunited with my father. He he ended up having more kids by um, my biological mother, and they ended up getting divorced. And he ended up remarrying, but I never reunited with neither one of them. But I would re- would have a conversation repeatedly from my ne- now new life with my adopted parents. My adopted mom would encourage and say, when we are out in public and you see so-and-so or, or someone comes to you, you mm-hmm. let them know where your where your parents, where your parents. <laughs> I'm your mom, because people are nosy. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but I knew Gary. I knew the truth, and I'm like, right? right. I, I stayed with my mom and dad up until I was five and six. I I want to go back here to this woman and my yeah. dad, but you're telling me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah. What, how did you, how do you reconcile then these two pieces of advice? As a kid, it's so hard. Right. You, your brain is forming. So now you're getting the two important people in your life who are now raising you. One saying, speak your truth. And the other uh-huh. one's like, well, just in the house though, let's be clear. Don't be, don't be, <laughs> don't be saying it outside the house, which I, I think a lot of people have, right? <laughs> that that they feel almost like insane because what goes on inside the house is not what is portrayed outside the house. So how, how did you reconcile that? I didn't, I, I lost my voice. I had to find it. Um, talk about how you found your voice then. Cause I think this is so critical for, especially women, um, to hear, um, because we were talking about earlier before the podcast that a lot of times we don't see people of color, women represented in, in lots of places. Um, and so how did you find, how did you find that voice? What was kind of your journey to find it? Yeah, I went through a lot (laughs) Um, and I I had to once again, go back into um, the foundation and accept that um, my silence and losing my voice and triggered other events. Um, Mm. When I got my um, first marriage, I wanted to say, and then my second marriage, I said, I don't want, I don't, I I'm questioning this. I really don't think I'm, I'm ready for this, but yet the feedback, the response was you'll learn to love them. You know, he Mm. loves you. He's older. He's accepting two kids by you. Doesn't matter whether he's 11 years older than you, 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 this is what you need to do. (laughs) So, um, I shut back down. I shut back down. So I had to accept everything that I went through that changed, that triggered this mentality of me to shut down and say, okay, my voice doesn't matter. Till Mm. I had to re, you know, embrace and say, no. My voice always didn't matter. Now I have to build that um, epitome, that essence of me and be vocal and stand for my truth. Choose what life I want, what mm. life I deserve, what life is, is, is created for all of us to have. And that's to have love, be loved and give love. Mm. I was about to say amen, but then I realized we're not in a sermon right now. I think I was waiting for the amen. I know. I was just silent. I was like, do I say amen right now? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because that's what it, what it deserves. <laughs> what? Um, okay. So now you have the the children in front of you 
And you don't want them because I know how important it is for you to mentor and for other people because that's why you wrote the book. That's why you put your voice out there. That's why you put your truth out there. So what is the advice that you have? Because I know as we get older, we don't want people to make the same mistakes. We know they might make the same mistakes, but make them shorter, right? Like don't suffer as long as we did. So how do you, what do you say to um, the young ones um, or people who are as, as, you know, as old as we are, and they're still struggling with that. What's some of your advice? Well, um, I currently, you know, was thinking, um, and I always try to personalize because even, even when I was in the pulpit, um, you know, speaking, I was very transparent and I said, whatever I would say to come out my mouth, Lord, let me be able to live and understand that what mm-hmm. I've said, what I say, um, I have lived. I'm doing. I'm doing. I never mm-hmm. want to be um, that in that um, um, fakeness. Um, I can only be as real as I can, and that is that I'm. I'm speaking what I've lived. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, transparency at its best is mm-hmm. what I could. You know, say to those that's older that can understand what I'm saying. Um, be as real and as authentic as you can be, um, to know that your voice do matter and to accept, um, your, um, those, the situation and the circumstances that is either been in the past or the present that, you know, that needs, needs a change that you have to choose Mm -hmm. that cannot continue to go the way it's going. Um, and only we can have all the help. And I'm a big advocate because I do have a support system. And part of my support system is um, mental health therapists. Thank God mm-hmm. for the two that I had in my life, because I don't think I would be right re- re- at this yep. point now. Yep. And um, I had also was speaking to one when I was um, finishing, you know, um, continuing to complete my book, my memoir during COVID when uh, COVID had just first hit. And then it was released in August of last year. But um, I needed that support. But besides that support, the number one factor um, was me, was choosing and accepting. This is this is the release. This is the freedom for me. And from mm-hmm. this day forward, once I'm freed, I don't I, I'm I'm I, I'm free indeed. I'm, I'm not going to go back in that bondage. I'm mm-hmm. accountable now mm-hmm. for my behavior and my response to any circumstances and situation, but I'm not accountable and I will not hold myself accountable or responsible for anybody else's behavior and conduct. Mm. And see, that. that was there accepting my rejection, my abandonment, my, my non-relationship still with my biological mother, me still living in my hometown with a book release of people that's in my hometown mm. and still able to walk around and face without any anxiety that I had in years before. Will I see her at the grocery store? What would I say? How long, right. how long can I keep her talking to me? Will this be the time that she wants a relationship with me and and, and my children? No. Hmm. Too much. Too much anxiety. Yeah. All that I had to be free from. Now, Kara, if it comes, it comes. But I'm not expecting it. I'm not right. looking for it. I'm not yearning for it anymore. Hmm. Because I did my part. And I'm free with that. 
Mm. And then another key thing, I'm not responsible for what they did. There you go. That's the amen too. Love that. (laughs) Karen, there you go. I got an amen in quick. I was going to say, you are not responsible for what they do. I am not. And I think for years I held that guilt and shame that I was responsible for the first child molestation, the confusion that I had in my mind from at 12 and 13 of, of if this is what sex feels like, if this is this is this how love is between uh, uh uncle and 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 um uh, a niece yeah is this what goes on in a christian home that they say what goes mm. on in a home stays in the home mm. is, is this is how is it I had to accept, Carrie, this is disappointing because you know what, God, I was just starting to feel free and relaxed in my new hometown, in my mm. new home that um, that I felt that now I could I I I would be finally protected when um, it was disappointing. And I had to go back and receive that disappointment and cry through it and say, Yes, that hurt, but I wasn't responsible for that disappointment when I felt like no one fought for me. Now, this is why I get so angry and I have to use the coping techniques differently as an adult of being um, um, done unfairly or not feeling that I have justice or not feeling that someone is going to fight for me. Because you know what, Kimmy, this came from that beginning of that foundation. So you're, you're free from that guilt and that shame. You are not responsible for those actions. It happened. Exactly. I mean, that is so you are not responsible. And that like, when you said I've set myself free from that is the most powerful thing that someone can do for themselves. Right. It is amazing. And your life changed when you said that and when you believed it, when you acted on it and you let their crud go, that's them. That's them. So then it ties in with the courage of the book. And, and you know what? You're absolutely right, Carrie. I started now and I see myself now Mm. depending on fighting for me. Yep. Or just me. For a free me. For a healing, I'm still in the healing process, me. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I was thinking, I was like, eh, we'll always be in a healing process yes. for the most part. You know what I mean? I'm like, does that ever stop? I'm like, probably not. Um, but it gets easier and better yes. every day. Um, and But I just, I, I love, again, that message of that, that's them. Like it's not for you to be blamed for to hold that shame, to hold that secret. Cause like that, then the abuse just continues. Right. Mm-hmm. So the abuse happened once and then it continues by holding it in and the shame and, and the secret, the secrets, which is just even more destructive sometimes than the actual event. And then just, I'm finding getting in relationships that I'm not supposed to get into, or even if I did, but beating them up for my past because I'm expecting that justice, that fight from right. them. Right. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. We put a lot of stuff on our other people in our lives, right? Right. Um, and and but you've done such an amazing job of reflecting on that and realizing 
that, okay, that's again, not on them. That's me. Now, what am I putting, like, what kind of crud am I putting on this other person? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm expecting them to fight and, and get all upset about injustice. Yeah. So, oh, it's such, what a great story to share with people of the healing and putting yourself at a first and letting go of what other people have done. And just like, that's your, again, that's your karma. That's your crap. That's like, God will judge you on that. Like I am out. Like you have taken way too much energy. Kelly and I talk about this a lot is why are you giving them all this energy? Cause they're not giving you this energy. Like don't stop. Like let them, let them out, like go live your life and, and set yourself free. Like you said, and put you first. Right. And I just think Kelly, I know, I know Kimberly definitely spoke to you and putting yourself first in your voice. And what are some of your other thoughts on, on the beautiful message that Kimberly has for our listeners? One of the most impactful things we've seen from the podcast has been the theme of self-awareness, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. And I think what, I've been hearing as a common theme throughout your episode in particular, and what you shared here today is the idea of how you've had to develop that so quickly and so early in your life Mm -hmm. of feeling your feelings and having to really be aware of how, of what was happening to you so early um, and how like the fear, the abandonment and just having to reconcile someone telling you a lie and every day really having to sort of check yourself and check others and that that you've endured so much of what you've endured most don't ever have to endure in a lifetime um and you've had to go through so much in just the short time you know you've been here right so you know, did you have a support system as as a friend group? Did you have people within I know you know the idea of um of of keeping things close to the vest at home, obviously. Did you have friends that you could at least connect with and feel somewhat quote unquote normal? Yeah, I had, I had, and and it's amazing that you asked that because I've got, you know, I'm still in my hometown and I had some beautiful childhood friends that have supported my book and um they have reached out and I remember, you know, um in my elementary days of being um misdiagnosed with um um, at that time, um, I, you know, the testing wasn't as, um, vital as they're, it, they are now in the seventies. And, um, they had said that I had mild retardation, but really it was PTSD. Really what mm-hmm. I went through, I just could not remember. And for, you know, the six years in my elementary was, was really challenging intellectual, but, um, I had a wonderful resource resource teacher, and um, still to this day, um, I, I think I ran into her about five or six years ago. She remembered me by face, and it was just oh. such a a, a good reunited um, time because she was just like she had always said, um, and she wouldn't let me go. She, that was my first support system that I remember that didn't look like um, beyond the church, but didn't look mm-hmm. like us, and mm-hmm. um, she. Even though she had um, addressed to my my parents to maybe have me be uh, seen by you know someone you know um, 
outside. Um, she was trying, you know, but they wasn't, they wasn't by my dad. <laughs> they were talking about prayer and, <laughs> and you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that was, that was the, that was the outcome of them. But, um, she said, you know, you're such a special child. She said, I don't mm-hmm. care how many years you're going to have to stay with me, but I'm, I'm not going to give up on you. And I, and that, that words resonated in my mind forever mm-hmm. that, um, mm-hmm. that was one of my first encounters besides I had some wonderful childhood friends and that as I started getting older, um, as you were saying, um, <clears throat> with me not being free, I can look back at times how God was placing other people in my life, um, mm-hmm. In different different times that um, spiritual spiritual mothers um, in the ministry um, that was um, there to help um, that would give me some nuggets about my my own identity and me being a female and me being a young female not so much about ministry just as far as myself uh, mm-hmm. um, and having children you, you know young and stuff um, that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had a God mom. I remember, um, like I said, not being free and not, as you were saying, Kelly, about that self-awareness and really investing me. I pushed her away uh, for about a year and a half. I stopped calling her. I stopped connecting. And um, she, um, as soon as I decided <laughs> to call her back, and I, it was one of those um feelings of it wasn't coming from the source I wanted to come from. She was not Mm -hmm. what I yearned for all Mm -hmm. my life, which was my biological mother relationship. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I I wasn't willing to, as uh, Carrie was saying, um, free and not hold that responsibility on me Mm -hmm. and just letting go that unexpectation and saying, it's okay to let it go. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. okay. It will it, it will be okay to let it go and move forward. And so I never forget when I did so I finally, you know, pick up the phone and call it. It was just like I never missed the beat. <laughs> she Aww. was right there. But it was uh and we we still have a beautiful relationship. She is my godmom, Godson. <laughs> but um um I just encourage, you know, listeners to understand my story and to know mm-hmm. if they felt that um that pool when people are coming, you know, um, in their life that doesn't look like them, that doesn't talk like them or whatever, but is there to, um, to help that progress in their journey to be easier or to make it to the next step, embrace mm-hmm. it. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to look like you <laughs> and it doesn't have to come from where you want it to come from, but no, it's a purpose plan for your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I had to, um, I had to embrace that. I had to embrace mm-hmm. that. So yeah, um, I uh, throughout my life, I I really was blessed with now, with the season of my life, I'm I'm getting now more um, with the self awareness of immediately um, mm-hmm. cutting off what mm-hmm. uh, support system that mm-hmm. I know that's going to have me digress mm-hmm. and is not healthy for me mm-hmm. um, without any. Um, without any um resi- without any um time spent of analyzing it saying mm-hmm. with my heart what should i i mean but mm-hmm. i really care and how is this going to hurt this person's feeling mm-hmm. no 
you know? Mm-hmm. So that that's starting with um, a lot with me. Like I was telling mm-hmm. Kara daily that um, mm-hmm. because um, I have using the time and I'm continuing mm-hmm. to using the time and reinvesting because I'm so worth it. I had mm-hmm. to rebuild this back up mm-hmm. and find my self-worth um, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. to, and that's why uh, I'm just now thinking about the book and the cover of the book, how that's so important. Now, when I look at that cover and I look at that only picture that I have of myself, because um, I don't have any infant pictures of myself or pictures of me and my my sister together and me and my biological p- p- people together. It was mm-hmm. um, it was very important for me and um, um, the um, the guy that helped me publish the book mm-hmm. um, to um, ha- be as real as I could be. And I said, you know what? I said I want one of um, my child pictures on there. And I said, just give me a minute. I want to have the very first one that I ever had. And um, mm-hmm. so now when I look at it, I if you tell me if you would five years ago looking at that picture, I would have got sad. Now, when I look at it, mm-hmm. I look at such a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. little girl that had mm-hmm. that's been worth uh, creating yeah. and love and such a loving little girl that that deserves mm-hmm. that abundance life that God created mm-hmm. her for. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you so much for sharing your story, Kimberly. And to your point, we certainly encourage everyone to connect with you. We will include a link to your book um, and to all your information. Um, Again, thank you so much for being part of our our podcast. And we encourage everyone to to connect with you. Thank you so much for being a a guest on our podcast, Kimberly. You're you're more than welcome. It was an honor and a blessing. And I appreciate sharing this with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.